Amen. Thank you, girls. Good job. Well, good morning. It's great to be with you again this morning. Uh, the last time I had a chance to speak, uh, of course, it was Easter Sunday, and uh, it was so great to be able to worship and uh, celebrate the empty tomb and the fact that Jesus was alive. And I've got great news. He's still alive. The tomb is still empty. Uh, amen. So uh, we can uh, celebrate that and live in that truth every moment of every day, which is incredible. Um, this morning, we are talking about the topic of compassion. What does the word even mean? How can we show compassion to others in our lives? And I want to begin with a story. Uh, there was a man who was, uh, right after he was born, he was adopted into a foreign country. Uh, there was all kinds of different languages being spoken, and he had a very hard time figuring out what people group he actually belonged to. And so uh, the family that adopted him uh, didn't know much about his heritage and his past, and so uh, they, didn't, they didn't really know what to tell him. It was for that reason that this man treated everyone with compassion and respect. And at one point, somebody actually asked him, why are you so nice and compassionate to everybody that you meet? And he responded by saying, I don't know anything about my background or my heritage, so when I meet someone new, I treat them with respect. After all, they could be my people. And so that, that story uh, is a great reminder for us of how we should be as Christians. We, we need to treat every person we meet as a child of God and like they're one of us. If we believe in Christ and believe in what he taught, uh, we will start to see his heart for the world. And his heart was not just for people that look like him and talk like him and, and like the things that he liked. Um, his heart and compassion was towards every person he would meet, and that should be our focus and our heart as well. Uh, this past week, I, I posted a, a question on my Facebook page just to simply get the opinion of others on what compassion means to them personally. And I remember at one point I asked a while back, uh, I asked somebody what compassion meant to them, and they said, well, compassion is like in football when you're up by 30 points and you don't go for the two-point conversion. So that's, uh, that's one way of putting it, I guess. Um, had some uh, you know, more serious answers on my page and some really good ones that I wanted to share with you. Um, one person said that compassion is the recognition of someone's suffering and a willingness to help. Another person said, compassion is being the hands and feet of Christ to all that we meet. Compassion is the willingness to put yourself in other's shoes to better understand them. Compassion is feeling another person's pain and doing something about it. And compassion is loving someone else when no one else is willing to. So those are all great answers, and I believe that compassion uh, can have many different definitions, and I agree with all those things uh, that were said. But this morning, I also wanted us to look at the very root meaning of the word, the Greek word that is used in the New Testament. Whenever we see that word compassion, it's a really long word in the Greek, and it's fun to say. Uh, you pronounce it like splagnitsomai. I know you all want to say it, so let's say it together. Splagnitsomai. That's the word for compassion in the New Testament. Now, whether you can pronounce the word or not, here's what the word means. It means to be moved in the inward parts. That's the actual root meaning of the word. So, again, whenever you see the word compassion in the New Testament, it literally means a pain in your gut for someone else and their situation. It's not just about feeling sorry for someone. It's about being moved so much for them in your very core, that your very inward parts ache for them. 
So let's keep that in mind, uh, for example, when it says in Matthew that Jesus had compassion on the people. It wasn't just saying that he had pity for them. It was saying Jesus hurt for them. Uh, it's this emotional feeling that can actually have physical effects to you when you show the kind of compassion that Jesus had for others. New Testament is packed full of places where uh, Jesus showed his compassion. I just want to name a few of them for you. Uh, in Mark 6, 34, when Jesus saw the crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. Matthew 14, it says, Jesus had compassion on them and healed their sick. Matthew 20, Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes and they immediately received their sight. In Mark 1, 41, filled with compassion, Jesus healed the man with leprosy. So there's so many examples that we see the heart of Jesus. And let's also never forget in John 13, where Jesus said, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. The truth is we have opportunities every day to show compassion, to show splagnizomai to the world. Um, sometimes we may make up excuses as to why we don't help someone or ignore their opportunities, but God gives us plenty of chances. And so I thought it'd be a good idea this morning to look at one of the stories from Scripture where two of Jesus' followers are given an opportunity to show compassion or not. And we're going to see as we read this text um, whether or not they pass the test. The story is in uh, Acts 3. Acts 3, 1 through 10, and we'll pull the words up on the screen if you don't have your Bible. So Acts 3, 1 through 10, the story begins like this. It says, One day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. Now a man crippled from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. So the story begins, and we have Peter and John going to pray. Uh, at this time, they were still uh, participating in the Jewish rituals of worship and the daily time of prayer. And as they get to the gate, they see a man crippled who's begging for money. And one of the things that sticks out to me right away with a story like this is that opportunities to show compassion don't always come at the best times for us. I'm sure we can all relate to that. Sometimes it's almost like thinking to yourself, why can this person not just wait until I'm not so busy to ask for my help? And, uh, and sometimes we, we miss those chances because of that. Maybe you're on your way to some place and you see a, a sign, somebody holding one looks like this or close to this. Uh, somebody saying they're homeless and asking for help. Um, again, at times we, we may feel like uh, we, we try to ignore the person holding the sign. Sometimes we will uh, maybe have a judgmental attitude towards the person holding it. Um, and then other times we may even lie to the person and say we don't have money on us or time. Um, and again, at times we just, we miss an opportunity that the Spirit may be leading us to help. Think of some other examples. Maybe you're, you're just getting ready to walk out the door and somebody calls and needs something and, and you think again in that moment, I'm just just not a good time. Uh, maybe you're at work and a coworker desperately needs help maybe with their work or they're just having a rough day, a rough week, and they need somebody to pick them up. And maybe we're, we're so focused on our job that day that we failed to help them. Same thing goes with kids in school. Maybe someone in school needs something, some type of compassion, some touch from God, and we're so focused on other things that we fail to do so. So in all these examples, we have a choice to make. We have a choice, you know, do I continue doing what I 
want and need to do, or do I give that up for the sake of showing Christ to someone else? Because in this story, Peter and John, they're busy during this time. They're getting ready to walk in for prayer. And instead of judging, as we continue reading it, instead of judging, instead of ignoring the person, or instead of thinking of all the what-if scenarios, um, they respond with compassion. So as we keep reading in the story, it says, Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. So the next part of the story may be the surprising part, because you may be thinking, you know, Peter and John, they may just give him whatever money they have. Um, they may say a prayer for them and be on their way. But instead of doing that, uh, these men saw through a request and actually spoke to a need. So to finish up this part of this Bible story, here's what it says. Silver or gold I do not have, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with him into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. And when all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what just happened. Now, some of you may be thinking, you know, that's a great story and all, but I haven't really uh, miraculously healed anyone lately, and neither have I. Thankfully, that's not the point. Um, the point is, compassion is powerful, and especially compassion done in the name of Jesus. Notice in this story, these guys did not leave out the most important part of why they helped. It's because of Christ. And the truth is, you know, you, you may not be able to help every single person that has a sign like one of those that I showed you. You may not be able to consistently give money to everyone that asks, but again, that may not be the point of this. Uh, I think the opportunities that come, there are certain times when Jesus may be leading you to do something, and, and it may be to give someone a few dollars and to pray for them. Other times, it may be to do something bigger and something different. We've just got to be willing to listen when the Spirit prompts us to help someone. I want to share a quote with you from the movie Soul Surfer. I'm not sure if you've seen that movie, but if you haven't, uh, it's the true story of a young woman named, um, I forgot it, Bethany Hamilton, that's right. Bethany Hamilton, uh, she, amazing Christian woman and incredible surfer, and um, she was surfing and got attacked by a shark and nearly lost her life, but she did survive, but she lost her arm in the attack. And so they made a movie about it, and the really cool thing is that instead of being afraid of the water from that point on, like most other, I know I would have been, most other people would have been, um, she decides after some time passes that she wants to get back in the water and continue surfing with one arm. And I love the part in the movie when uh, somebody asked her, aren't you afraid of getting back in the water after what happened to you? And her response was, I am more afraid of not surfing. And so when I heard her say that, uh, God really spoke to me in that moment, and it, it makes me ask this question, what will it take for us to have that attitude in our faith? When will we, when will we have that attitude? What will it take for us to have that attitude towards loving others. You know, Bethany, she loved to surf so much, she had no fear in doing it despite what happened. And my prayer is that we will begin to love people in such a way that we will have no fear in showing compassion and meeting their needs, 
even when it may be inconvenient for us. And the truth is this as well, um, the, the vast majority of the amazing things that Jesus did in his ministry were things done while he was in public with people at random times. Oftentimes he would just be passing through town on his way to somewhere else um, when the needs of, of, of people would arise. Um, now, there were definitely times when he would preach sermons to learn from and teach in the synagogues and other places, but a huge portion of his ministry was simply being among the people. And a huge portion of his ministry came not from what his uh, followers would consider planned events, but instead from opportunities that presented themselves at random times. Of course, there, there's a, a great need for listening to, to sermons and teachings and growing from them. There's a huge need for missions work. There's a huge need for service projects, serving within the church. That's uh, why we uh, provide opportunities to do so. But let's never forget that sometimes the best opportunities to show compassion will come at unexpected and unplanned times with your friends while you're at work, while you're at school, while you're out in public. We can't ever forget Jesus' ministry was never confined to a building. It was never confined to only listening to someone teach. Now, faith does come from hearing, but then we are called to put that faith into action. Erwin McManus, uh, one of my favorite pastors and authors, once said this, It's not about going to church. It's about being the church. The building doesn't need us. Humanity does. And so, again, there's needs all around us, and we've got to be willing to listen for the Spirit's prompting on when to help. I absolutely I love our 2015 youth group vision that you got to hear about a few minutes ago. Um, we have to start somewhere, and uh, the kids and I and sponsors were, were committed uh, to reaching one lost person and helping one world problem of, of choice. And uh, like you heard, there's students who are um, planning on going on mission trips. There's students who are raising uh, money for charity of their choice because of the vision. Um, I've had a student tell me that they are paying money out of their own pocket to bring one of their non-Christian friends to CIY with us this summer. So I keep hearing uh, stories like this from our students and, it, you know, the kids who are grabbing hold of this vision. And it's, it's been great to see God work. And uh, I'm, I'm thankful we're just four months into it. We've got a lot more to go, a lot more work to do, and it's, it's going to be exciting, and it's going to be amazing to see what God does. And again, it's this whole idea that we are the ones. We are the ones, not, not to push off uh, ministry or things on other people. We are the ones as God's children to carry out God's work and to bring compassion to this world. And so this morning, I hope you are are called. I hope God is calling you to action and is calling you to kingdom work. Uh, I'll tell you another thing that I love. I love when sermons include a challenge and a plan of action of how we can respond to the message from that day. In the book of Acts, if, if you remember the, the people, the first Christians, you know, when they would hear a sermon, they would say these words, what shall we do as a response? They would say, what shall we do? So they understood it wasn't just about hearing from God. It was about putting his words into action. And today, this very day, we have a huge opportunity for you to do just that. You might notice my shirt. You might notice the, the booth out there. Today, worldwide, not just here, worldwide, there's churches all over the place taking part in Compassion Sunday. And uh, there's an incredible organization called Compassion International that allows you to sponsor a child 
and completely change their life. Um, I remember when I was younger, I used to go to conferences and concerts, and I'd always hear stories about, you know, sponsoring children, and I would always be intrigued by it, and I would always think, I would say to myself, you know, I'm going to do that later in, on in life. Like, when I, when I get a full-time job, I'm going to do that. When I um, maybe get out of college and have a little more money, I'm definitely going to sponsor a child. And then I remember God just kind of spoke to me and woke me up and said, why are you waiting? You know, a child needs you today. And so, and that was before all this had happened. And so I started doing research on all the different organizations because I know there's a bunch out there that sponsor children. They're all amazing. Um, but through my own personal research, what I found um, was that compassion to me was the best one in terms of where your money is going, the research behind that, and the Bible teaching that goes to the kids that you sponsor. Compassion is the one that I chose. Now, the first child I, I sponsored many years ago, his name was Gabriel and Gabriel Jimenez, and he's from the Dominican Republic, and I sponsored him for many years. And uh, now, let's pull up that picture. This is the one I sponsored today, Luis Sanchez, also from the Dominican Republic. And I'm just getting to know him through our, our letters back and forth. And it's really, it's a life-changing experience, not only for the child, but for you as well as their sponsor. And um, I've, I've seen videos and heard stories of how kids, when they're told, like, you've been sponsored, like their face lights up and it's just an incredible experience. And uh, again, um, we have a chance to change a child's life. We have to understand, uh, you've probably heard it before, but our money, like a little bit of money here, goes an incredibly long way in other parts of the world. You know, we can give up like one fast food meal in, in a week, and we can give a child three meals a day for a month, um, among other things. So another verse I want to share with you is in Acts 1.8, um, right before Jesus ascended back into heaven, these were his words. He said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. I want to look closely at that verse today. Think about who he was talking to when he said those words. Obviously, Scripture is for all of us, but in that moment, who he said these words to, he said, you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem. Well, to those people, Jerusalem was where they lived. It was their home. So he's telling all of us where you live, in your home, you're to be my witness. Um, to those people, Judea was kind of like, most of them, it was like the outer, the county that they lived in. So to us, Montgomery County, we are to be his witnesses. Then he says, also in Samaria, which was another city, so to surrounding cities, we're called to be witnesses to surrounding cities. And then he throws in, and oh, by the way, also to the ends of the earth. So again, he's telling us we're called to be witnesses here, our county, surrounding areas, and to the ends of the earth. And you may think to yourself, or maybe you've thought this in the past, how can I be a witness to the ends of the earth? How can I witness to someone in another part of the world? And again, I'd like to welcome you to Compassion Sunday. You have an opportunity to do that very thing on this very day. And to be a witness for Christ, uh, you can choose a child that lives in Africa, Asia, other parts of the world. Um, in the Bible, over 2,000 times, we are told to serve the poor. And so it's very clear what God's heart is for the poor. And, you know, these kids, they, they have very little. They need someone. They need someone to show them they are loved, they are valued, 
They need someone to show them that Jesus is alive and real. And just to give you some background, Compassion International, they give them three healthy meals a day, medical treatment that they need, proper exercise, schooling, clean water, and most importantly, Bible teaching. They partner with local churches. They give them that Bible teaching that they need. And like I said earlier, you're able to share the gospel yourself with the child as you share letters back and forth. One of my favorite things in the world is when I get some mail from Compassion and the child that I sponsor, I can physically see and touch, you know, something that they've drawn or written to me and I can see with my own eyes a difference that I'm making in their life. Statistics about poverty are staggering as they've been for quite some time, especially for kids. A child uh, dies from hunger or dirty water every five to 10 seconds. The uh, former CEO of Compassion International once said this powerful quote. He said, the opposite of poverty is not wealth. The opposite of poverty is enough. And so I want to encourage you, if you feel God calling you, to sponsor a child on this day. Take part in this uh, kingdom work. And maybe it's something that your Sunday school class would like to partner together, or maybe your family, uh, maybe a group of friends, or maybe you do feel God is calling you individually um, to step up and do that, make that decision. I want to close with one final story today. This is uh, kind of a sad uh, story to share, uh, but it ties in with what we're talking about. True story, um, years ago, in a poverty-stricken village, um, there was a little boy who was about the age of six years old. And he was walking in the street, and in this village, there was not really streets. It was kind of, you know, everything is one big street there. There was a car that was speeding out of control. And unfortunately, it struck the boy and then continued to drive off. So as the boy looked lifeless on the ground and the village is just watching, terrified. Um, there's then a woman way off in the distance who begins screaming and begins running towards the child. So everyone in the village just thinks, okay, this, this is not good, this boy, and you know, this is probably his mother or grandmother um, that is coming uh, to maybe watch him die. But when she got to the boy after running a long way, she picked him up to see if it was her son or grandson and then she just dropped him on the ground. And then she looked at the village and said, it's okay, everyone, it's not mine, and walked away. True story. And that story breaks my heart every time I hear it or talk about it. Um, the thing is, whether, whether someone is hurt or not, we cannot ignore the needs of others. We cannot think that the, the needs of others are not our problem. Every child is a child of God. Every grown person is a child of God. And when we, when we do happen to think that serving others just isn't our problem, we fail to have the compassion that Christ modeled in his life. Whatever we do to the least of these, we do unto Christ, as Scripture says. And I just want you to know this truth, that Jesus would never leave you on the side of the street. And he doesn't want us to treat anyone with that attitude either. Um, I want to show you this picture. Jesus holding a child, and in this moment as we close today, I just want you to picture yourself as the child. Um, I want you to realize Christ loves you more than you could ever imagine. 
His compassion towards us is unmatched and unbelievable. And whenever the world may tell you something negative about who you are, I want you to remember this. Remember this picture. And remember, it's not just who you are, it's whose you are. You are a child of God. And earlier as I showed this sign, on the other side, I I just feel like God is calling us uh, to take compassion with us wherever we go. And it doesn't matter the time or the day or, or what's going on in our life. This is what he wants. This is who we are as, as his children. And there's work to be done uh, in this church, in this community, and to the ends of the earth. And so with all this in mind, when this service is over, if you feel like God has called you uh, to sponsor a child or at least to learn more information about it, um, when this service is over, I'm going to be out at the booth out there. I'd love to talk to you about it. Um, there's packets of, of children you could sponsor on this very day, or you could take them home and pray about it. Um, they have a website as well. And uh, I, I highly encourage you to at least get some information uh, if you feel God is calling you to do so. Also, as we get ready to sing a song of invitation, if you feel like today's the day you want to give your life to Christ, if you feel like today you are the child who has been lost and instead of uh, feeling like Jesus is just a God who's just going to leave you off to the side, he, he's going to welcome you with open arms in this very moment exactly where you are. If you want to give your life to him, I invite you to come talk to myself or one of the elders as we sing this song. Uh, also come forward if you need prayer of some kind. Let's pray. Thank you, God, for your word and, and all you've done. Uh, Thank you for this organization that has helped so many lives. I pray not just for um, those here today, but those all around the world who are celebrating um, this cause today, that that lives will just be changed and touched. And I thank you, as it says in Psalm 116, that you are gracious and righteous. Our God is full of compassion. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and sing together.